Hello and welcome to England on 99.94, Cricket Every Day. I'm Rory Dollard, I'm without my usual boss man, my sweary stepdad, Dan Norcross. He's not here, but uh, I'm glad to say that I have another opening partner today and it's uh, England and Lancashire's Keaton Jennings, the top run scorer from the county championship. He had a fantastic season, scored five centuries, a triple, a double, a 199. And we're going to talk about the possibilities of an England recall. Uh, he's had exceptional performances in Asia in the past and England are heading to Pakistan. So Keaton will tell you his thoughts on whether he might come again. He'll talk about county cricket, some of his teammates. We'll even ponder the the Jennings review. He's a guy who's studied administration and, and sports management. And he'll tell us his thoughts on the high performance review in English cricket. England on 99.94 is your home for England content. We'll be dropping into your podcast feed and YouTube on the 99.94 app several times every week. So please rate, review, subscribe, and thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation. I'm uh, pleased to welcome onto the uh, pod now Keaton Jennings, England and Lancashire opener and the most prolific batsman going around these parts uh, this season <laughs> in, in county cricket. Keaton, thanks for joining us. Uh, you must be pretty good that the season's at a close, are you? Because the runs are flowing off that bat pretty nicely. <laughs> Cheers, Rory. Thank you for having me this morning, man. Um, yeah, look, it's been a good year. Um, it's been a good year for, for Lancashire as a whole, really. Um, was it second in every comp available? So it was, um, yeah, look, it was, it was a really good year to be a part of. And I think the lads loved playing, which I think was, was the main thing. And guys actually enjoyed the time they spent together and the time they spent together on the field as well, which was good. And I mean, you know, when you score the runs that you've scored this season, both, you know, as a, as a cumulative amount of runs and then the individual innings, some really, really big ones, triple century in there, a double. What does it feel like when, when you know that finally you've, and it, you know, it, it never lasts forever. We know that, but you've finally cracked this game for a, for a period of time. <laughs> I can guarantee you I haven't cracked this game. I don't think anybody's ever cracked this game. Me and Wellesley <laughs> were actually saying on the field, we, um, you, you, you kind of, as soon as things start happening in the game, things going your way, mother cricket finds a way of just, Kind of chopping your chopping your knees off, um, which I think is the beauty of the game. Actually, I think it's brilliant. Um, but no, look, I mean, it was. Uh, I think this year was was one of those years you look back on in uh, probably in retirement, really, and you think actually how special the year was. Um, I mean, I did some things this year that I've obviously never done before. Um, a double hundred, one ninety nine. Um, me and Rory Burns had a good giggle about it after the last game of the year, which was quite funny. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, to to kind of do what I've done this year, I think was special. Um, I suppose for the minute, it's uh, just kind of enjoy a little bit of downtime, really, and enjoy some time at home and in your own bed, which I, mean, I was just saying to one of my mates this morning, it's uh, to, to finish the season, albeit um, uh, quite a hectic season, season um, you start feeling like a human being again, and it takes you a few days to kind of find your feet, really, so... Yeah, I mean, this morning was cooking up a bit of a storm and making some soup and just kind of being a human being, which is quite nice. <laughs> um, do you do you sort of realise that you are in one of those periods that you have to just sit back and enjoy? Because we know that cricket is a game. I don't know. They say batting is a game of failure, isn't it? You, you, you kind of yeah. You have to hang in and, and and eat a few bad days for the good ones. But when, when you hit a patch where you really do think that if you haven't cracked a game, you've at least found your way and found your groove. Do you, do you really, you know, at what point this season did you feel, yeah, I'm, I'm in that spot really? 
Um, I don't know if it's necessarily a spot. I think you, you kind of just get the feeling that the older you get, you recognize that you are in a bit of a purple phase. And I kept saying to Graham Onions, I'm on the wave. You just kind of keep trying to ride it. Just keep riding the wave as long as you can and try and hang in and hold that good feeling. Because um, like you say, batting is a game of failure, which is, I suppose, the, the good thing of it as well. Um, but I mean, your, your best guys in the world fail 75% of the time. So we're in a failure-ridden um, profession. Um, so one, it's about managing your emotions. And two, when things do go your way, uh, your way you make sure you cash in. Um, so yeah, look, I, mean, I was lucky enough to do that this year. Um, hopefully next year is exactly the same. Um, but if it's not you, I suppose you fall back as a, I'd like to say an experienced player on the hardships that you've had before that have hardened you um, and made you slightly more savvy and you have a better understanding and method to try and get out of it really so yeah look things went well this year and um, but at some point the proverbial will hit the fan and you've got to make sure you hang in for that <laughs> i'm in a failure ridden profession too keaton because i've got to work out who's getting picked for things and i've got to, i've got to say on day three <laughs> that england not the england not the england aren't going to chase down 370 against india so I, I, i'm in a failure <laughs> I, I have my fair share of failures to cop as well <laughs> good exactly um, <laughs> Listen, you, you, I think you're 30 years old now, Keith, aren't you? Mm. So, yeah, I mean, that's, so I, suppose, year, um, I suppose that's, I don't know, does it feel like that's peak years for a, an opening batter because you've had your share of experience, you've been around the traps a wee bit and maybe maybe you've learned to ride those ride those peaks and troughs a little bit and not let it not let it sort of dramatically shift you for good or for bad? Yeah, massively. I think you age is a big factor, age, maturity level. I think anywhere between sort of 28, 29 and sort of 35, you, you start sort of hitting your peak, I, I would think, as a batter. Um, bowlers maybe slightly younger just because of the wear, wear and tear of the body. Um, but I think you, you get to the point where you, you're happy with where you are as a human, you're happy with where you are as a game. Um, and you, uh, I suppose you, you, you are just slightly more comfortable and you, you start recognizing different things in the game, um, ebbs and flows of the game, um, and you start adjusting accordingly. Um, so it's, uh, yes, to, to answer your question, I'd say it's definitely the sort of best years of a batter's life between 28 and 35. I think there's a lot of guys that have scored a lot of runs in that sort of period. Um, but it's making sure you take care of that period as well because it can be a period where, Motivation starts to slip. Um, your own standards start to slip because you do have 100, 150 games behind you and you kind of think you've been there and done that and Mother Cricket rears her head and she chops you off at the knees. So you need to make sure you take care of, of all the little things that you do day in, day out. You said you were having a bit of a, a laugh and a joke with Rory Burns. Uh, I just wanted to to ask you if there's a bit of a... you know, if I suppose in football we talk about the goalkeepers union and... And in cricket, maybe it's wicket keepers. Is there also is there also a bit of an opening batters fraternity in English cricket because you're all bloody silly enough to want to open Mad. the batting in England? Yeah, <laughs> mental. Um, <laughs> uh, I'd say it's probably just an opening batters fraternity full stop. I think to do the job, you probably have to be slightly skewed anyway. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say definitely. I think. I mean, the, the other night we sat around in the Hilton. Obviously, Surrey had won the championship. Um, Rory Burns um, and his partner um, uh, uh, Patel were chatting and then myself were kind of just chatting around playing and opening the batting and, and all the rest of it. And 
Cameron Steele was chatting to Rory's dad at the time. And obviously Cameron's turned around, good mate of mine, good mate of Rory's and seen us chatting. So he wanted to turn around and come and chat. And Rory's dad held him back and said, no, you don't open the batting. You're not joining that chat. <laughs> so it was, I mean, it's little things like that, that you, I suppose, is, I mean, Cameron's obviously opened the batting and done quite a bit of it. Um, but it's, you, you do kind of look out for each other and especially the, the good blokes. I mean, Cameron's uh, one of my best mates. He's a absolutely fantastic human. And, and you look out for each other, guys that have done the job and guys that, that I suppose just have a good value system and you want those guys to do well. Can I, can I ask you as well, there's, I suppose there's a bit of a, there's a, a, a trend of sorts for people who've had reasonably prolific seasons at some point of their career at the top of the order. And you look, you look for them the next year and you think, oh, I wonder if they're mm. making a bit of a charge and they've, they've managed <clears> to buy themselves a little trip down to four or five or something. And they slip back down the order. <laughs> there are people like yourself who don't, don't really sit. And Alex Lees fits into that category too. People who just come again and again and again to sort of have a bite at that thing, even even yeah. in those years where Alistair Cook averages 19 or whatever, you know, like, yeah. I suppose it takes a certain kind of commitment to the, to that to that profession of opening the batting to just never ask, can I have a little dart at five where it's a bit softer? Yeah, look, I think it's, um, I suppose maybe from a personal point of view, it's probably a bit of stubbornness as well. Um, I think I've, uh, I, I love a challenge, albeit I've never done the job outstandingly well, but it's, I mean, I've, I, I love a challenge and I'll never be a guy that shies away from one responsibility or two a challenge. I want to front up and I'll try and find a way. Um, so I'm, in, in a way, I'm quite proud of myself that I've always kind of kept fronting up even when times are hard and I've been dropped three, four, five, six, seven, nine, twelve times, which is I think part and parcel <laughs> of professional sport. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you cry, you, you do what you need to do. You get a cuddle from your loved ones and you, you move on. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, open the batting's hard. You, you, you have those, I think the, the, probably the hardest bit is the, the wear and tear takes on you because the, you have those little niggle um, periods of five, six, seven overs at the end of day's play. And yes, you get through it, but you've still gone through the mental drain of getting through it. Or you get out and then you have the sort of mental anguish of stewing on it all night. And then you wake up in the morning and you one down and you got to kind of sit there and stew in your own thoughts the next morning again. Um, so it's probably just the the consistent battering or the sort of Chinese water torture to a degree. Um, <laughs> on the other side that of the foot, it though, well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but on the other side of the foot, though, when you do do it well, I think it's one of the most rewarding things. I suppose like slip catching, you do it well, it feels great. You do it poorly, you in the kind of crossbow. Got you. We'll take a break there. Uh, we're going to come back with Keaton in a, a few moments, and we're going to talk about international cricket and, and have a look at England. You're listening to Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube, or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies, and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994DM by downloading the 9994 app or Google 99.94 on podcast. We speak cricket. Keaton, thanks for thanks for being with us today. Uh, I suppose after a season like the season you've had, uh, averaging great, scoring loads of runs, centuries, five centuries, some big ones in there. We we do inevitably talk about England. Uh, you've been you've been in that treadmill before. 
probably the opening position isn't absolutely locked down for England, as it never seems to be, of course. Uh, how do you how do you see that at the moment? You're 30. We've talked about how you've got a bit of perspective, and I don't know. Maybe you're not feel like you're chasing that so hard. Um, yeah, I suppose it's probably two parts of it. One for me really is um, the opening berth at the minute. I think what Stokes and the squad seem to have done incredibly well is back guys and publicly back guys, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Um, so I think I would assume those two guys would open the batting in the next test match. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's an incredibly tough environment. And I think once you've had a taste of it, positive or negatively, the, the intensity of it, you can appreciate how hard it is. Um, so I, I suppose for myself, I played 15, 20 tests, whatever it is, you, you, you realize, yes, it would be fantastic to play more. And I'd love to, I mean, it's every, every kid's dream, it's every man's dream to want to play international sport. It's to compete at the highest level in front of as many people as you can and do well. Um, but also recognize the fact that if it's not to be, it's not to be, and that's, that's okay. And I think I'll probably struggle with that for a little bit. Um, you kind of want to do more and you kind of, how do you prove yourself again and again? And what do you need to do? But actually that's not when you are your happiest or when you play best cricket, because you, your sights are elsewhere. You're taking your, your vision to another place. Um, so for me, it's it's actually just enjoy cricket, and if international recognition comes off the back of it, great. If it doesn't, you know, it's cool. I'm I'm very happy in my life, and I think I've I've done a really good job in the last couple of years of stabilising myself outside of it. I think because England are going to Pakistan next, and, and as you say, they have backed Alex Lees and Zach Crawley, but with England going to Pakistan next, your name, I guess your name comes up because you've got the hundred in India, you've got the hundred in Sri Lanka, and the last time we went to Sri Lanka. Uh, at the start of at the very start of COVID, which seems like about thirty years ago, you were, you were called back up for that squad as sort of I don't know uh, courses for courses, Asia <laughs> specialist, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so the, I suppose the idea is may, maybe England might look look at you again for Pakistan. Has that crossed your mind? Uh, look, it's I mean I think it's naive to say if it hasn't crossed my mind. I mean it would be fantastic if I did tour there. I think it's, it would be a huge um, historic tour. Uh, I mean, obviously before the cricket, but regardless of cricket, it's, it's sides haven't toured there. Sides haven't been going to Pakistan. So to be a part of that trip would be absolutely amazing. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I've said it a couple of times in the last week, it's completely out of my control. It's not a, it's not something I can do anything more or less to persuade um, or pick myself or not. Um, and for me, it's uh, at the minute, it's about actually just enjoying a little bit of downtime, enjoying some time with, um, with my better half, um, going walking and actually just actually being a human being again. So, I mean, England selection is amazing. Um, but that's down to, uh, the guys, the group of men that, uh, or the group of people that make the decision of the 15 man squad that'll go over. Is it also, I wonder if also it feels a little bit in the past when, when you've been talked about in those terms. And I think it is because those two really amazing innings uh, that you played the two centuries for England mm -hmm. do stand out. But as someone who opens the batting in England on pitches where the ball could do plenty and you might you might not see a spinner <laughs> for the best part of a day in county cricket, does it does it feel a bit yeah. reductive to be talked about as oh Ke Keaton Jennings sweep specialist when you might not play a sweep for two days <laughs> in, in an innings? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose it's maybe slightly backward, but I think it's again it's probably one of those 
um, I don't even know what the right word is, but probably one of those circumstances that uh, things just happen that way. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm an incredibly good player of spin. I think I've got a bit of a method that touch wood hopefully keeps working. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's quite interesting because you, like you say, you, you open the batting in arguably one of the hardest environments to open the batting. Um, but the, the play of spin statistically is probably better. Um, so the argument is probably there, like you say, to drop to five. Um, but again, that's probably the challenge of <laughs> yeah. me and my own headspace where I get through the new ball and then actually you're on 20, 30, 40, 50, whenever the spin cut does come on. And actually then you're in a real good position to try and move the game forward and, and dominate the situation. Um, so yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's, I suppose it's an argument that it's, yeah, kind of above my head really. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned that the, the current regime is very supportive and, and has made a, a real point of backing Alex and Zach at the top of the order. How do you look back? How do you reflect on your own time with England? Did you feel like, did you feel you had a permanence in that team at any point or did you feel like you were always auditioning at some level? How did you feel that went for you? Um, I think first I've got to say the individuals on the side, I think I definitely felt backed. Um, Ruti uh, was, was amazing and making me feel backed. Um, even just as a, as a friend, as a bloke, he's absolutely fantastic. Um, I think the interesting thing for me is, and, and it's little things, I don't know who's made the decision, but it's things that when you look historically, we've picked squads for the next test match. Now the, the management system is picking squads for the series, which I think is fantastic. Um, and it, it real shows a good backing towards the group that these are the group of players going forward. And yes, guys may think from the outside, it's quite frustrating that you, you aren't getting a go, um, whoever it may be. But actually, when you're in that sort of pressure cooker, it, it's those little things that I think I, at times I felt like I didn't know where I was. Um, and at the end of the day, runs are your currency. If you don't score runs, you're going to get dropped. And that's, that's the bottom line fact. And I didn't do well enough um, to maintain my position um, and promote my own career with England. Um, and I'm not happy with that, but I'm content with that. Um, but I think it, it's those little things that you when you have it's not naive but you, you understand what i mean a, a naive backing of players and it's just these are the guys um i think mm. as a player that gives you a huge amount of confidence to um go and play the way management wants you to play um which i think is brilliant can i ask you keaton just about a couple of guys who you play with we know that lancashire like she's been a real feeder for England um, yeah. of late, whether it be Liam, Liam Livingston, Saki Mahmood, yeah. um, yourself. Uh, Matt Parkinson made his debut. I just wondered if you could let us know how you reckon Matt has travelled this summer because he got that test cap that he's been really chasing mm. for a long time. Uh, and then maybe maybe it feels like he didn't quite bounce up high from that and he, he maybe, maybe needed a bit of a lift again come the end of the summer. Yeah, look, I think he, he, he got that lift. I think he bowled fantastically in, in the last couple of games. I think Matt's had a summer that any young cricketer would, would have. You you play well, you don't perform, you try and find where you are. Um, things, ball doesn't quite leave his hand the right way. Um, and then you try and search and you're trying to find the, the rhythm to your game, um, which I think is 100% natural for, for any young player. And actually, I think, in my opinion, is needed. Because not not only for Matt's case, I think for young players, because you you figure out 
Um, one, when things go wrong, how you want to fix it. Um, two, it hardens you as a, as a person and as a player. Um, and, and you grow, which I think is brilliant. Um, I think Matt's, Matt's a fantastic bowler. Um, he's a really, really fantastic bloke. He's one of my really good mates. Um, and he, he's a young lad and he's doing really well and he needs to just keep growing and keep pushing himself, um, consistently, um, to try and get better and better. And I think you, you'll, you'll be fantastic. And then, and I want to ask you about Josh Bahannon as well. He was someone who at the start of the summer felt like with that number three spot potentially up for grabs, obviously England went with Ollie Pope and pr- promoted him, but Josh felt like he was sort of in that conversation. Do you think he's someone who could have the game for international test cricket? Absolutely. I think when you look at his, his stats, so it's, he played 50 games, averaging 45 or something. Um, as a young player, that's that's quite rare when you get that sort of um, level of consistency that early. Um, and he's he's one of our leading batters, or is in fact was one of our leading batters consistently. So he's he's a good lad, um, incredibly good fielder as well. Um, I think a lot of people kind of underestimate um, what he does in the field. He cuts off a lot of runs and adds a lot of value. Um, those little legs move quite quickly, so. He, he cuts off some really quick angles, um, but no, I think I mean, Boshi's Boshi's done really well, and I hope he can continue to grow, continue to um, find areas in his game. And he, he has done. I mean, we had some really good chats um, the last game of the year, um, uh, just about areas in his game that he, he can improve and how he wants to improve it. And he's he's very clear in the way he wants to do that, which I think is brilliant. So, and he's a good hard worker. I mean, he's been. Championship days this year where we've played, he's obviously batted in the morning, um, pre-game, got himself ready, batted, maybe like 20, 30, the day hasn't gone as he would like. Um, and then he's gone to hit balls for an hour um, post-day's play before coming and joining all the lads for for a beer in the Hilton. So I think it's, it's that kind of work ethic that I think yeah. will continue to help him grow. If you love the language of cricket and want more, and head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 9994DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. I've got one last one for you, a bit of a, a, bit of a horror question for you, but I know that you've <laughs> done a lot of studies you know you, yeah. you, you've sort of thrown, thrown your head into the business the business side of sport yeah. and you've uh, I think you've finished finished with that stuff now but another fellow who's done that is Andrew Strauss and he's yeah. also up in the back for England so you share that and he's just currently in the process of trying to redesign uh, the county game to <laughs> I thought this might come to up. help to help England's <laughs> high performance yeah I mean I just listen there's a guy who's just gone and scored a ton of runs over the course of a longish county season uh, with the county championship, just your thoughts on on the proposals as a player um, and about re- reducing, I suppose, p- specifically as the county championship's top run scorer this year, you got a bit of a voice. Um, wh- how do you see it? Because you've got, I suppose you've got a foot in both camps. You're, you're an active player, but you're a guy who's thought about administration and management as well. Yeah, look, I think, firstly, what, what, I think what the, the review is trying to achieve, I think, is brilliant. I think to create... <clears throat> a high performance environment to try and better cricketers for England, I think is absolutely fantastic. I think that's the way we should and need to go. I think that's brilliant. Um, how we do that is obviously going to differ between 
18 parts in the country and then between players that are old, medium and young because guys that are, excuse me, <clears throat> guys that are young aren't necessarily going to have the same view as me or as Crofty um, or as a coach because uh, you, you people are at different stages of life and people are going to try and to a degree protect their own interests and protect their own career path, um, which is natural. Um, I think my personal opinion would be the amount of cricket isn't necessarily the issue. Um, I think the, the structure of it can be improved. And I mean, we had an instance this year where we had the first week off. So the first round of championship games, we had the week off, um, which essentially isn't a week off then because we played three warm-up games. And yes, we could have not scheduled them, but you also don't want to be ready for your first game. Then we played six on the bounce, the sixth game of that being against Essex at home. And I mean, we had an incredible attack, but still we were, the guys were blown. I mean, the batters were blown, never mind the bowlers. And we've got a strong squad that we are able yeah. to rotate batters around. Um, so from that point of view, I think the structure can be improved in the sense of potentially, and this isn't, I mean, I don't know the logistics of this, but in my head, it works where you can go play three games, the whole country has a week off and that allows a fresh start, play three more games. And then I think that way you, you continue to structure in breaks, which allow players to rejuvenate, um, as opposed to, I mean, September. If we hadn't played in the one day in the one day cup final, we would have played twelve days. Where, when you compare that to, jeez, oh I mean, I don't even know what June felt like. Just it was in fast forward. I mean, I remember playing a game in, it might have been nuts. I don't know. It was away somewhere. It was a day night T Twenty game somewhere away. We finished the game at ten o'clock. Drove home. I think we got home at about one a.m. We were on deck less than twelve hours later. So if you can imagine, you get back to Old Trafford at one o'clock in the morning, you get home by one thirty. you're not sleeping until 2.30 because your body's just flying. So you sleep, your um, better half, the alarm goes off at seven because they need to get up for work. It's just part and parcel. So you get four hours kip and then you're wide awake, but you've got to be on deck in five hours. So you kind of like, geez, get the washing out, like tumble dry it and you straight to the ground again. <laughs> so you, you're playing in a, in a haze. So I think instances yeah. like that for me need to be improved. Um, and at, at the end of the day, I, I, you you have to play to get better, in my opinion. Um, yes, there's an argument for quality over quantity. I think 14 championship games for me is spot on um, with the caveat of registering in rest weeks. Um, how that works logistically, I don't know. Um, but again, in when I structure, when you look at a ten and eight sort of division one, division two, in my head, everybody can play each other, and then then you can everybody can have a week off, and you everybody play each other again. So it's yeah, it, in my head it works, but that's that's the way I would kind of go about it. Well, by my reckoning, Keaton, in about fifteen years, we'll be ready for the Jennings review. So we'll uh, we'll we'll strap it and wait to see what you've got for the county county schedule in fifteen years when you when you're running the place. See, hopefully, I'm hopefully I can employ somebody else that that will be able to to run it on my behalf. That'll be even better. <laughs> nice one. Okay, listen, thanks for joining us, uh, and we'll be here again soon to talk all things English cricket. Thanks, Keaton. Cheers, Roddy. Thank you, man.
Thank you for listening to England Cricket on 99.94 Cricket every day. Please do rate, review and subscribe. You can download the 99.94 app and follow us personally on at Norcross Cricket or at the RVD, not the wrestling chap, the cricket chap. The cricket chap. We're going to put our links up for everything we do there on this podcast and beyond. Also, follow our network at 9994DM on social media. Follow for podcasts and commentary from the bat and ball world. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. We speak cricket. <laughs>